This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today is Thursday, November 10th, 2022. Who is at fault for the red trickle? Blue states flip red. Georgia Senate race heads to runoff and Joe Biden threatens Donald Trump and Elon Musk. John Fetterman for president. My name is Benny Johnson and this is The Benny Show. Ladies and gentlemen, last show that we did here, and we are still in Phoenix, Arizona, broadcasting out of the beautiful Turning Point USA studios here. Last show that we did, we hadn't seen a full picture of what was going on across the country. There had been many races still too close to call. There had been a disappointing effort for Republicans on election night, but not exactly catastrophic. Throughout the course of the day yesterday, we were able to see the full totality of what the Republican Party had wrought and the opportunity that they had missed. And we must ask right now the preponderance question that is ringing in our ears, what is the point of voting for Republicans? What exactly is the point of funding a party that is so inept or so corrupt that they refuse to win, that they would rather lose than have elected Republicans that they might disagree with. In fact, they would prefer Democrat leadership and they would prefer to wear a dog collar and get dog walked than to have to contend with people in their party that may hold them accountable. This is indeed the question that we have been lamenting over since last show. Last show, we wanted to present to you a happy face and talk about the true red tsunami that did happen inside of Florida. But why did it only happen in places like Florida and North Carolina? Why not across the country? There's a lot of blame going on. And we did say that we would start the finger pointing. And that is an important process upon when you fail, you must finger point, you must find the reason for your failure, and then you must kill it, you must destroy it. And so that is what we are going to do on this show. And it's going to be uh, a labor of love because we have really done our homework here and have buckled down and prepared for this show in order to tell you who is truly at fault for the failures of Republicans last night. And they are catastrophic failures. While the Republicans may take the House by what is projected to be three or five seats, it certainly isn't the 50 seats or the 100 seats that Steve Bannon promised. We were on with Steve Bannon last night with Charlie Kirk show, and he is particularly disappointed as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a five seat majority, which is barely functional, meaning just a handful of candidates can control Congress and a handful of Democrats may be able to spoil anything Republicans wish to do. In the Senate, we may barely have a 50-50 Senate. We'll see. The numbers out of Nevada are not looking great, and the numbers out of Arizona are non-existent because of broken election systems. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's begin, ladies and gentlemen, with why we were so hopeful. Harken back one year ago, almost to the day, in Virginia. We had a preponderance of catastrophic events that were hitting the state in a broadside that was eroding Democrats 
and their chances in winning that state. Democrats held all executive offices in the state of Virginia. Not since Reconstruction have Republicans held all executive offices in Virginia. Glenn Youngkin was an unknown quantity, just a businessman. He was not expected to win in any grand order, yet because of critical race theory, because of inflation, because of gas prices, because of what Joe Biden had just done in Afghanistan, because of COVID policies of his predecessor, and because of parents, the parents movement, Glenn Youngkin was swept to a stunning victory just one year ago to this very day. Glenn Youngkin had this to say at his inauguration, a triumphant inauguration, welcoming the beginnings of what we thought would be a red wave. Parents should have a say in what is taught in schools. They should have a say in what's being taught in schools because in Virginia, Parents have a fundamental right to make decisions with regard to their child's upbringing, education, and care. To parents, I say we respect you and we will empower you in the education of your children. Ladies and gentlemen, Glenn Youngkin has gone on to be a very successful governor of Virginia. He's very, very popular. And the causes of his election have only gotten worse. Those causes are, of course, the failure of Democrat leadership across the nation. Inflation has gotten worse since Glenn Youngkin was elected. Gas prices have gotten worse since Glenn Youngkin was elected. Joe Biden bumbling and fumbling and collapsing on a national stage has gotten worse since Glenn Youngkin was elected. Democrats have become more extreme with gender ideology. Democrats have become more extreme in their predations for your children. Things have gotten far worse since we swept the beginnings of the red tide in Virginia. So you would be forgiven for assuming that what happened in Virginia would simply be a starting point for a red tsunami across the nation. We saw it happen once. The indicators were all there, and most importantly, the agitating problems in Virginia were getting worse. Joe Biden was not getting better. Joe Biden was getting worse. Joe Biden's ass was collapsing quite metaphorically and physically. You remember this. So we had a historic moment before us, before our party lay seats that should never be competitive that were, before our party lay a Senate that could have been a 54-55 seat pickup in the Senate, could have led to a supermajority, veto-proof majority after a 2024 very positive map for Republicans in 2024, and we could have stormed into the House with the largest Republican majority since the 1950s. Since World War II, this was what was set before us. And many pollsters, including some of the pollsters that we like to rage 
against on this show. Suppression pollsters at the New York Times and at Politico were saying that Democrats were going to be wiped out. So again, you could be forgiven for assuming that we would have a very good night. Now that we have seen the totality of what happened yesterday inside of a election that should have been the resurgence of a Republican Party, should have been the restoring of sanity in this nation and the punishment of those who were in charge of plunging this nation into COVID lockdowns and into the abyss and bringing us to the very brink of civil war, bringing us to the very brink of nuclear war across the nation, across the world. These people are inept. They led to the slaughter of 13 Americans in Afghanistan, and they have, of course, led to the destruction, ladies and gentlemen, of the things that we value here in this country, your retirement, your savings, your border, your security, your very life, if you look at crime in the inner city. So why were they not punished? Why did we not see historic red waves? Well, we must start at the very beginning. Whose job is it to deliver victories in the Senate and in the House? Those were the chambers that were up for election today, up for election 24 hours ago. The sole responsibility to deliver those chambers victories lies upon the leadership of the GOP in those chambers and in the National Party. Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, along with Ronna McDaniel, Ronna Romney McDaniel, it is their sole purpose for being to deliver those chambers Republican victories. It does not fall upon Tucker Carlson. It does not fall upon Donald Trump. They are important in our national conversation, but it is not their responsibility. They are simply influencers. Welcome to the all-important election month of November, ladies and gentlemen. What do people care about in this month? Well, polling shows that 7 out of 10 Americans think that inflation is the number one issue in America right now, and they are correct. Politicians are always talking about kitchen table issues. Well, what's on your kitchen table? Groceries. How's your grocery bill doing? How about the gas to get those groceries? How's your gas prices where you live? Inflation is rampant, and it's insane. It's only caused by one thing, the communists in Washington, D.C. spending too much money. That is why my family hedges against the withering effects of inflation on our savings by investing in gold. We invest in gold with our dear friends at Birch Gold. They have helped us protect our savings from 40-year high inflation. Text Benny to 989898 for your free info kit on diversifying into gold. Plus, when you do this by the end of the month, by Black Friday, you'll get a free gold bar with each purchase. Man, it's nice to open up my security deposit box and see those gold bars glistening. See something that Joe Biden cannot destroy. Ladies and gentlemen, I went gold and I'll never go back. Go gold today. Invest in something of real value with my friends at Birch Gold. Text Benny to 989898. It does not fall upon executives at Fox News or Newsmax. It does not fall upon you. It falls upon the party leadership to organize. They're the ones who get the fundraising. They're the ones who raise hundreds of millions of dollars 
And they are the ones who it is their responsibility to deliver those chambers. However, at every turn, Kevin McCarthy, and at every turn, Mitch McConnell, utilized their vast power and resources in order to subvert the Republican victory. And as the Babylon Bee puts it yesterday, they used their power and resources in order Republican Party barely fends off red wave. That was a close one with Mitch McConnell smiling. Why can they say things like that? The Babylon Bee, of course, a parody site, but always using the best type of parody, which is the ones that are grounded in fact. All humor must be grounded in reality to make it funny. It's funny because in states where I am currently broadcasting right now, like Arizona, Mitch McConnell did not influence the Senate race at all. This was a must-win Senate race, and it was very, very close. Mitch McConnell did not spend money in this state. He did not spend money in New Hampshire. He did not spend money in Nevada. He did not spend money in easily winnable races. Mitch McConnell did not endorse. It is his sole purpose for being, his sole purpose for existing, to endorse the Republican candidate in a Senate race inside of a swing state. Mitch McConnell did not do that. There are races across the country where Kevin McCarthy also equally through the NRCC, the NRCC is the campaign arm of the Republicans in the House, and the NRSC is the campaign arm of the Republicans in the Senate, where these leaders of our party not only did not endorse, they did not fundraise, they did not bring voters out for people like Blake Masters, Don Bolduc. In Alaska, you have a Republican who should be winning handily and may not inside of a red state and the most energy-rich state in the nation. Why would they do things like this? Because candidates like Blake Masters and Don Bolduc were not their chosen candidates. They were not the chosen principals. They did not directly add to the controlled power of Mitch McCarthy. Mitch, Mitch McCarthy, let's just call him that. The unified corporate Republican Party, as bad and as corrupt as the unified Democrat corporate republic corporate parties. They are as pernicious, and their goal is the same thing. It is total control. And when you have somebody who may not vote your way or may not support your leadership, then they pulled out and they abandoned the base of this party, who it is their sole obligation to protect. They abandoned the party. And now we may see the predations of Democrats once more in the House and in the Senate. There is a statistical chance that there is a tie in the U.S. House, a statistical chance that we do not actually win the House when we were projected to win 50 seats all but 72 hours ago. This is the failure of Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, and it stands squarely at their feet because it's squarely their responsibility. Second in line is Ronna McDaniel in charge of the RNC. They had hundreds of millions of dollars to spend on these races. They spent stupidly, and they spent on dumb consultants who are losers. It is fraudulent how the Republican Party operates inside of Washington, D.C., it is a good old boy system that is designed simply to maintain power and wealth for a very select few 
and to never give the base what they want. These are the same people who lied to you about Obamacare for 10 years, told you we would repeal it, and then we gave them a president, a House, and a Senate, and they did not repeal Obamacare. They could not get it done. They lied to you. And now their failures must come with punishment. Kevin McCarthy must not become leader of the House. Mitch McConnell should be primaried inside of the Senate leadership for leader of the Senate. And Ron McDaniel must step down. They must all step down. This is a meritocracy. If you are a conservative, at your core principle, you will believe that you should be rewarded for good jobs and you should be punished for bad jobs. That is a core foundational principle for being a conservative. Are you good at what you do? Reward. Are you bad at what you do? Punishment. Meritocracy. Without that, we do not have a party. And so on that basis alone, Kevin McCarthy, who I have nothing against personally, and Mitch McConnell, who I do have things against personally, and Ronna McDaniel, who I do not have things against personally, they must step down. It is their sole responsibility. There is currently a thread out there that is going quite viral that this is somehow Donald Trump's fault. Let me put that to rest once and for all. This is not Donald Trump's fault. It is not Trump's responsibility to get Republicans elected to the House or to the Senate. Trump is an influencer currently. And Trump, for all of the things that you may blame him for, was endorsing people like Blake Masters and Donald Trump's campaign arm, America First, was putting money into races like here in Arizona. Now, it may not be the amount of money that some would have wanted, and I'll leave that debate for another day. But it is poppycock to say that Donald Trump is responsible for this loss. That is flatly and completely wrong. Donald Trump did win some 219 endorsements this cycle, including Kevin McCarthy. Donald Trump did come out for some candidates that did not win and some candidates that were blown out. That's politics. That's the way it goes. Donald Trump, once again, it is not his sole responsibility to get Republicans elected. Quite frankly, Donald Trump could just retire right now. He has every right to just sit back and do nothing. Donald Trump is not in elected office. Donald Trump is welcoming the fray and welcoming this battle. I, I personally believe for the good of the party. He went out, he barnstormed, he stumped for candidates. Some very big candidates won very big races like J.D. Vance. Donald Trump also doing rallies, get out the vote rallies in Miami, Florida. And of course, Florida was a red kingdom. But we must put that aside. Speaking of Florida, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. There is right now a pernicious thread going around saying that we must now choose between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. And while there may come a day where we must choose, and while there may come a day when the two of them fight like kaiju inside of a Godzilla movie, while there may come a day, that day is not today. And those in the media in the corporate press who are attempting to agitate and attempting to say that the fight must begin now and that you must choose sides now. And those on the right who are saying that if you do not chain yourself to Trump, you are uh, insufficiently loyal or disloyal to him. Both of them are lying. There is a great expanse of time. There are the laws and the rules of the jungle. 
there are a great many things that should happen from now until Election Day in 2024. And those great many things will get started in due time. Do not believe the false choice that you must somehow immediately abandon all faith or hope or must immediately choose a side here or that Donald Trump is not deserving of incredible praise for what he has done to take the blockbuster video Republican Party and turn it into Netflix. We're very proud of our growing company here at The Benny Show, and we're very proud of our growing audience, and for that we have you to thank the listener. But we wouldn't be able to do this show without the technology that backs the show up, and the most important piece of technology is our cell phones. It keeps a news show like ours up and online. It keeps our team of 15 people connected in and out during this crazy news era and certainly during our live broadcast. And so that is why we trust pure talk to keep us connected and to keep us in the black as a company because pure talk allows us to run a smooth operation a connected operation and a quick operation at the benny show there's literally no reason to pay for at&t or t-mobile or verizon 80 bucks a month switch to pure talk for half the price blazing fast data at 30 bucks a month. We use it at The Benny Show and you should too. Pure Talk wants to keep the customer happy and Pure Talk loves America. It's a company that's founded by a U.S. veteran and they create jobs here in America. It's a company that supports me and my values. I invite you to switch to Pure Talk just like our company did. It'll take you as little as 10 minutes. Show corporate America that you're done funding leftist policies. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code Benny to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com, promo code Benny to make the switch to Pure Talk. Donald Trump has in large part and deserves an in- an oversized amount of congratulations and thanks forever for his modernization of the Republican Party and for his bringing forth of many incredible candidates, influencers, and energy to this party, regardless of what the man chooses to do in 2024 and regardless of what Ron DeSantis chooses to do in 2024. I know both their teams very well. I know Ron DeSantis very well. I know Donald Trump very well. I am friendly with their teams. Let me tell you this about the 2024 election. Ain't you or me or the New York Times or the Washington Post or CNN or Fox News, ain't none of them going to decide for Donald Trump what Donald Trump will do. Likewise, based on what I know of my governor in the state of Florida, as I am a Florida resident and cast my ballot proudly for Ron DeSantis and have Ron DeSantis signs in my yard to this very day, to this very second, even though I am not currently in Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron DeSantis is not going to be assuaded by an AP article or the C- or CNN or a mean tweet. Ronald, Ron DeSantis will make up his own decision with the advisor who personally advises him, the top advisor, who is his wife. This is true about Ron DeSantis. He makes no decision. Based on the winds of change, he makes decisions based on his family, who he is first and foremost devoted to. And so no one has made a decision or an announcement just yet. And the fomenting and the agitating of this civil war inside of the Republican Party and the sniping is unhelpful. 
There will come a time, perhaps one day, and we will be there to discuss it with you. But do not take the false equivalency right now that this is somehow a battle that we must begin today or that directly after this election, there is one side to blame. And that side is certainly not Donald Trump. That is the reality. That side is rests squarely and wholly on Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, and current elected GOP leadership, who's their sole responsibility in life to elect Republicans. Ladies and gentlemen, this election did show us one specific thing that was readily of direct urgency and import as I sit here in the hellscape of Arizona, as they cannot count 10 ballots a day. We will be here for the next 800,000 days as they count a single ballot a day in Arizona and in states like Nevada, where they continue to drag their feet and to crush the national will of the people. It is undemocratic, and it is remarkable how the people who scream, my democracy, can look at broken systems, like here in Arizona, and broken systems, where in a modern world, everything is faster, and I am on blazing fast Wi-Fi right now, and I can get Wi-Fi on my flight to space inside of a Space Dragon X I can literally buy a ticket to space now, and I might soon be able to buy a ticket to Mars, and they are implanting chips inside of people's brains. This is not a discussion of whether transhumanism is right or not. It is just happening. And we have supercomputers that can melt down at the very core of their AI symbiosis. We literally have created sentience Yet we cannot count a vote. Yet we cannot run, essentially, at a DMV's pace on a smoke break. DMV worker on a smoke break is the pace at which Arizona and Nevada are counting their ballots. They are doing this. This is a direct act of election meddling because of the system that is breaking. I am not alluding to the fact that anything nefarious is going on currently. I am saying the system itself is broken. Why is it that Florida can count all of the votes by 9 p.m., comes in at blazing fast, rip your face off speed? Why is it that Canada and France can count all of their votes, 34 million votes? I promise you 34 million votes was not cast in Arizona or Nevada. It's because of broken systems. And as we sit here observing that system and raging to you on live streams day and night here in Arizona, let me describe to you how we break this blue disaster that just happened to our nation. And it was a disaster. The fact that Democrats were not punished and repudiated wholesale is the disaster here in this country. They were not punished for what they have done to this nation. And we are going to explain to you exactly why and how they did this. We have covered the Republican failures and we have laid the blame at the where it belongs. And now let us look at what Democrats are doing and exactly how we can stop them in the future. Let's begin. Ladies and gentlemen, John Fetterman won his race in Pennsylvania. John Fetterman is essentially a human Muppet cadaver. He is a meat puppet. John Fetterman suffered a horrific 
stroke. We wish him the best. John Fetterman belongs inside of a nursing home, inside of a rehabilitation center. John Fetterman does not belong inside of the U.S. Senate. And of course, the voters saw that. So why did he win? How did he win? Well, it certainly wasn't for his ability to actually talk just simple Democrat talking points like, for instance, supporting Roe v. Wade. I run on Roe v. Wade. I celebrate the demise of Roe v. Wade. I celebrate the demise of Roe v. Wade. That alone, in a normal time, would probably lose John Fetterman the support of Democrats in Pennsylvania. Yet he still was elected, and it wasn't that particularly of a close race. Now, with independents and other voters who may vote for John Fetterman, he had this to say about Pennsylvania's number one emerging energy industry, fracking. I must correct the record. Uh, he... Just a second, Mr. Oz. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't... I don't I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Fetterman. On I'm sorry, Lisa. But there, this not- okay. So do, there is John Fetterman saying he does not support fracking. He does, does not support fracking. Just the illusion of there being no consistency there was enough for any independent-minded person to say that John Fetterman is a broken meat puppet. He is just a warmed-over cadaver candidate, a heavy, mouth-breathing cadaver who is running for Senate, and it is not responsible for me to elect someone who cannot read or speak English. So we must not elect this person, regardless of who the Republican candidate was. Yet he was elected. Why? We have, ladies and gentlemen, a theory to present to you that is far more of a practiced theory and far more of a practiced election reality now. The Last Refuge, which is a Twitter account that I am uh, somewhat familiar with, shared a very interesting take on the difference between ballots and votes. And this is something that Republicans are going to have to wrap their minds around. And this is something that we are going to have to wrestle with in every election to come. COVID officially destroyed our democracy. They launched COVID upon us in order to destroy Donald Trump. This is what I personally believe. Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen, was such a existential threat that they must find something to erode democracy itself and the systems that got Donald Trump elected because those systems were not working for them. Donald Trump had a better than expected 2018 midterms, you may recall. Donald Trump candidates won across uh, across the board in the 2018 midterms. Many good candidates 
Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, ran on Donald Trump's coattails and got to Congress. And while it wasn't the best election for Republicans, it shows that Donald Trump's had, Donald Trump had strength inside of the current democratic system. So what must leftists do when systems are not working for them? They destroy them. And that is what they did with COVID. They used COVID as a precondition to destroy American democracy. Thus, we get to the difference between the ballot and the vote. I'm not going to read to you this very long Twitter thread, which goes for 20 tweets, but I will summarize it for you. The difference between the ballot and the vote is this, and it leads to exactly why John Fetterman can be elected inside of a cycle and inside of an environment where Democrats are supposed to be doomed. John Fetterman was elected because Democrats are good at gathering ballots. The ballot algorithms, I would like to call them, and I would like to trademark that term, ballot algorithms provide that who you are running matters not. What they say on the campaign trail matters not. How many people they have at their rallies matters not. If they are simply meat puppets like John Fetterman, it matters not. What matters is your infrastructure to gather votes. And those votes are readily easy to be gathered because there is no security any longer in states like Pennsylvania where they have unlimited mail-in voting and they have vote harvesting. You simply need the infrastructure to go to the places, to gather the votes, and to bring them in. Now, this is assuming, of course, that there is no fraudulence necessarily in the systems. Republicans agreed to unlimited mail-in voting in Pennsylvania in the stupidest political decision perhaps in my lifetime. It will lead to their demise. So now one person, this is assuming one person, one ballot. Ballots are mailed out to everyone, and all you need is the infrastructure to go to those places, encourage people to vote Democrat, and then gather those ballots and turn them in. 52% of John Vetterman's votes were mail-in ballots. These are ballots that were probably delivered 72 days or more before John Fetterman was even able to take a debate stage with Dr. Oz. No one was able to see John Fetterman in real life. John Fetterman held very few events for good reason and obvious reasons. And John Fetterman was able to win this race based on a mechanism of gathering ballots. Voting, on the other hand, is very different. In order to get someone to cast their vote for you, it is a labor-intensive process. You must head out and you must convince them to vote for you. You must ask them to head to the polls on election day. You must ask them to stand in line. You must ask them to cast a ballot for you. Voting is the process of convincing a sole individual to make many sacrifices and to walk into a polling place on election day and then to convince them that you are the right candidate for the job. Mehmet Oz, to his great credit, went out and did a lot of campaigning, a lot of rallying, a lot of TV, and a lot of work to get himself all the way up to 47.6% of the vote. He came quite close in Pennsylvania, but it could never overcome the system of balloting that the Democrats have now embraced wholesale. And this is what led to victories across the board for Democrats. Now, again, they may still lose the Senate and they may still lose the House, but they will lose it by incredibly small margins, not punishing margins. And that is because Democrats have embraced wholesale the system of California, which is where they piloted this system. The system in California is simply about gathering ballots. It is a vote gathering process. 
Now, Benny, you may say, how is it that Democrats did not win victory in Florida? Don't they have early voting in Florida? Benny, didn't you tell us that you early voted in Florida? The answer is yes, I did early vote in Florida. And yes, I had the capacity to request a mail-in ballot in Florida as well. These things are legal. What is illegal in Florida is ballot harvesting. What is illegal in Florida is voting without an ID and a signature verification of which I had to bring two IDs to the polling place. And I had to write my signature on a digital screen and match my ID signature. These are barriers to fraud and barriers to illegal voting. Therefore, in Florida, while the systems may sound scary, they all were secure and they led to massive Republican victories across the board. In fact, voting for Republicans early probably led to Ron DeSantis getting two plus million votes more than Charlie Crist because Republicans like myself were able to go to Arizona for work, yet I was able to cast my ballots for Marco Rubio and Ron DeSantis. This led, in fact, to Republican waves because Republicans used these systems and they were secure. They have banned ballot harvesting in the state of Florida and they have punished election crimes. They make it a crime to go out and to harvest ballots. They make it a crime to vote illegally and people go to jail in the state of Florida for that. And so if Republicans want to get serious, they must embrace the reality of mail-in votes and early voting, and they must embrace the reality of focusing on ballots and not focusing on votes. Think about it this way in conclusion. My friend Jack Posobiec and I were talking about this yesterday. Voting in person is the equivalent of getting a rental at Blockbuster. You have to drive your car to Blockbuster. You have to go pick it up. You have to choose your movie, and you have to check out, and you then you have to return that movie. It is a labor-intensive process to buy a movie at Blockbuster. And what Democrats have created via COVID is Netflix. Now, you may like Netflix and you may think it is very convenient and Democrats think voting is very convenient now and they have a system that works. Netflix is very easy. You sit your butt on your couch. You put your fingers into the bag of Cheetos or wings. You crack open a Bud Light and you are able to choose whatever you wish to watch every single day. That is the way that Democrats view voting. Netflix and the way that Republicans live is currently in blockbuster. This leads to an even greater call for me and for this show to demand the resignation of Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell who do not understand this. And we will lose and continue to lose in dramatic fashion because Democrats know it does not matter who they nominate. It does not matter who the candidate is, and it does not matter how few people go out to see Barack Obama and Joe Biden. What matters is the mechanisms for gathering ballots, balloting. The ballot, of course, being the pre-filled out vote, the filled out vote of the electorate. That is a ballot, a vote that has been filled out and that has been returned. The ballot. They gather those ballots, and that is how John Fetterman gets to the U.S. Senate. It did not matter who they ran. They could literally run a man inside of a coffin, and they did. In case you are wondering if I am dead on correct here, let me bring you to a dead man who ran for office in Pennsylvania, and this dead man still won as a Democrat, proving thusly that all that matters is the D behind their name, and that D could literally mean dead. There was a state elected official who is currently deceased, ladies and gentlemen. And he won 
thus proving my point here. Now, there is a second part of this, this, which is absolutely unimpeachable and must truly and is not quite is is not able to be separated from the first part. One is the mechanism of gathering ballots. And I think we have uh, for you the actual article here that a dead Democrat won. There it is. Pennsylvania state representative reelected despite being dead because he had a D behind his name, which could literally stand for dead these days. But they have the system figured out. They have it wired in their favor. This is what they have done to our democracy through covid permanent mail in balloting and permanent ballot harvesting. It will not end inside of Democrat states. It will only ever favor Democrats from now up until through the through the infinite future, unless Republicans get serious about building their own infrastructure for this. Get out the vote is no longer a 72 hour process. Get out the vote is a 72 day process and a permanent process forever. Republicans do not have the infrastructure. They did not invest in infrastructure. They invested in consultants who are greedy and fraudulent and who live inside of Blockbuster instead of Netflix. So we must get serious about this. And then we must talk about the most important thing that we learned inside of this election. It is that candidates matter. Strong candidates, strong leadership can break the matrix. Reading to you from The Federalist here, a pattern of success. Well, there are a few Republican victories that might merit celebrating. The only monumental achievement on Tuesday came with the quick falling of the Florida Senate race for Marco Rubio and fellow Republican Ron DeSantis. As those victories, particularly DeSantis' win, considered in conjunction with the uh, phantom red wave and Democrat John Fetterman's win in Pennsylvania, exposed the new American political reality. America's polarized electorate will vote party over nearly everything other than clear, undeniable, positive results. Republicans must be elected and then they must wield their power. You must wield your power. No more uniting with the other side. You must deliver results for your base or die. Metaphorically, a political death. Ron DeSantis does not unite and sing kumbaya with Democrats. Ron DeSantis does not choose to let the media influence what he does or says. Ron DeSantis has in his gut gunpowder and in his balls brass and he behaves as the base demands he behaves and he does very very well in just four years DeSantis squeaked out a victory over a meth addict gay meth addict who's currently I think in rehab this was the guy they were running for governor in Florida his name was Andrew Gillum Ron DeSantis won by a fraction of a point on Tuesday night, DeSantis garnered nearly 60% of the votes compared to Republican-turned-out Democrat challenger Charlie Crist. He won by 20 points. Rubio had a decisive victory by 18 points. This system works. Strong candidacies matter. And making sure that your election is fraud-free matters and that these systems are built for your success. Verifiable success is the way to bridge the partisan divide. Democrats' own failures are not enough. We need strong candidates. Running on a party, this is what Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy did. In conclusion, they assumed that Democrats' failures would mean automatic Republican success. That is a false premise. It is a pernicious lie. It is laziness. It is incompetence, it is ineptitude, and it is potentially malevolent. 
Mitch McCarthy, Mitch McCarthy, I'll just unite, let's just slam them together. Mitch McCarthy presented to America what failure looks like permanently for the Republican Party. We must do away with them, including Ronna McDaniel, and we must choose a different path. Smart, wise, energetic, strong Republicans who deliver for their base and who understand the new system of energizing your electorate to get out to vote and for having the mechanisms and the system in place to get those votes depending on what the voting laws are in that state. You must go out and you must get those ballots. That is the new way. It is sad to me that COVID broke our democracy and that they willingly and wantingly broke our democracy to stop Donald Trump. This is in turn about Donald Trump. Donald Trump proved that the system did not work for them and that they could lose permanently inside of the system. And so they went about and set about to change it forever to their permanent advantage. And we must get on board with who is really at fault for this loss. That is what truly happened on Tuesday. Those are the realities and we must live with them. We must live inside of reality. That is what we do best as conservatives. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't all doom and gloom. Of course, there were major victories on Tuesday, and now that we have had time to see them and watch them materialize, we can go through them, starting with states that do have election security, extreme election security, like the state of Texas. In Texas, they prosecute election crime, just like in Florida, and they have secure elections. This is why Beto O'Rourke has set to lose $164 million for Democrats, setting it on fire inside of the state of Texas. It is a beautiful thing to watch. Beto O'Rourke, a four or five time loser, losing a congressional race, a presidential race, a gubernatorial race, a Senate race. People in Texas have had to pull up Beto O'Rourke signs four or five times because this guy sucks and he has sucked down all of the Democrat money into a black hole funnel. It is a delicious, delicious thing to see. What is not delicious, of course, is the cringe alert for Beto O'Rourke. Uh, delivering to the internet super weird TikToks. <laughs> For a yellow bone, long hair star, star, thick and hips come get in my car. Okay, uh, great. Beto O'Rourke promising that he will pay for your abortion. Beto O'Rourke. A four or five time loser, but more importantly, he amassed roughly $164 million in donations and drained Democrat, Democrat coffers on the illusion that he could win in Texas. Texas remains red because they did what I just talked about. Texas has a get out the vote effort. Texas has a balloting effort. And Texas has election security. And strong Republicans run in, ele in elections there. Maybe you could argue that they need to be stronger. We shall see. Here's a list of major GOP wins that the media will not talk about, according to The Federalist. State judicial elections. Ohio flipped their Supreme Court conservative, a 4-3 majority. This is very, very important. In North Carolina, the exact same thing happened. Republican judicial candidates winning, flipping their court 5-2. In North Carolina, Republicans' elections did not stop there. Of course, GOP judges up and down the ballots won. North Carolina has election security. State boards and elected school boards, massive victories for Republicans from coast to coast in school boards. States like Kansas, states like Michigan, states like Florida and North Carolina once again. Uh, 
January 6th member loses re-election bids. There were multiple January 6th members who lost their bids, including in Virginia and including in Florida. Liz Cheney, of course, lost her primary, and Liz Cheney sucks. How you like the regime change now, Liz? Leading House Democrat goes down in flame. Sean Patrick Maloney lost his election in New York 17th Congressional District. This is a huge win. He was the head of the DCCC. This is the Democrat campaign arm, and he lost in New York. And we must stop for just a moment and state unequivocally that Lee Zeldin is the hero of the cycle. Lee Zeldin is the hero of 2022. Lee Zeldin sacrificed his own seat in Congress in order to run a strong ticket for the governor of New York. It was ultimately a doomed ticket as New York does not have election security and as New York, of course, has the balloting mechanisms to meet the ballot algorithms that Democrats must have to win permanently and automatically inside of these states. Kathy Huckle human rat hybrid and worst governor in worst unelected governor now elected governor in New York history ran a hideous campaign she's a hideous person inside and out Lee Zeldin ran a champions campaign and brought forth to light many of her failures and did so in extreme unequivocal fashion that lifted the coattails of many republicans up and down ballot how many people won Four seats flipped in New York. New York, one of the brightest spots for 2022 because of Lee Zeldin, the unequivocal hero. Lee Zeldin, of course, also uh, in great part leading to the demise of the DCCCs, the man who was in charge of Democrats winning. He will not be going back to Congress. He was a New York congressman. His name was Sean Patrick Maloney. State legislatures. Ron DeSantis delivered supermajorities in Florida. He now has supermajorities to do whatever he wants in the state of Florida. This is the result of the electorate rewarding Ron DeSantis for strong leadership. Ladies and gentlemen, pro-life victories also abounded. Do not believe the lie that you cannot be pro-life and that there is some type of Dobbs vote that is going to destroy uh, your chances if you wade into the important cultural issue of being pro-life. Pro-life Republican victories show that abortion radicalism is not a winner that Democrats want it to be. Across the board, vulnerable Democrats in Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Michigan, Nevada, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and other key states pushed abortion to the top of the priorities, and it was not. Many of those candidates lost and went down in flames for their worshiping of mulock and baby killing. And this is, I think, one of the greatest takeaways here of this midterm cycle, which is that Joe Biden will do nothing. Joe Biden will not change anything. Joe Biden is not in charge. Joe Biden is simply there to pacify us as the Great Reset gets put into place to degrade this country further. And he said so yesterday that Joe Biden will not be changing anything. He said it directly to the cameras, directly to the press. When asked what he will do differently for the next two years, Joe Biden said nothing. And then Joe Biden wished luck to Republicans in their efforts to impeach him and to put his son into prison. Watch. 
Republicans have made it clear that if they do take control of the House, that they want to launch a raft of investigations on day one into your handling of Afghanistan, the border. Uh, they want to look into some of your cabinet officials. They want to investigate you. They may even want to investigate your son. What's your message to Republicans who are considering investigating your family and particularly your son Hunter's business dealings? Lots of luck in your senior years, my coach used to say. Look, um, I think the American public wants to move on and get things done for them. And, uh, you know, I heard that there were uh, — it was reported, whether it's accurate or not, I'm not sure, but it was reported many times that Republicans were saying, and the former president said, how many times are you going to impeach Biden? You know, impeachment proceeding against Biden. I mean, I think the re — I think the American people will look at all of that for what it is. It's just uh, almost comedy. I mean, it's uh, — but, you know, look, I can't control what they're going to do. All I can do is continue to try to make life better for the American people. Joe Biden will not change, and that is a good thing. Republicans must do what we just talked about in order to win and win well into the future. Joe Biden saying that perhaps preventing Trump from taking power is his number one priority. As we have said, they have broken American democracy in order to stop Trump. Watch Joe Biden go directly to talking about the former president in his comments yesterday. G7 conversation was tied to your predecessor who is about to launch another campaign. So how do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning that the former president will not return, that his political movement, which is still very strong, uh, will not oh, yeah. again take power in the United <laughs> States. Well, um, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution does not become the next president again. Um, OK. So this is Joe Biden saying that we must make sure that he does not become the next president. Just in case you're wondering, Joe Biden will now be the nominee in 2024. There is absolutely no doubt Joe Biden will continue to do the ass hat, insane communist and Marxist policies that have brought us to this point in America. Republicans must regear and recoup and must learn these hard lessons now. Otherwise, you will have a Joe Biden president in 2024 and the demise of America will truly be at hand. You can see this because Joe Biden is now planning on investigating Elon Musk as a national security issue. This broke yesterday. Please watch. Um, Mr. President, do you think Elon Musk is a threat to U.S. national security and should the U.S. and with the tools you have investigate his joint acquisition of Twitter with foreign governments, which include the Saudis? <laughs> I think that Elon Musk's cooperation and or technical relationships with other countries uh, is worthy of being looked at. Whether or not he is doing anything inappropriate, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that it's worth, worth being looked at. Um, and, uh, um, and, uh, but that's all I'll say.
There's a lot of ways. Uh, all right. Um. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we get that guy for two more years and then he will run for re-election. Will we have a President Fetterman in our midst? Could that be possible? MSNBC is literally floating, just in case you're wondering if this is true, what I just talked to you about. MSNBC was literally floating the idea of President John Fetterman. So maybe in this system, if Republicans don't get wise, we will have Joe Biden as a two-term president. He will be 87 when he is done with his second term, and we may then afterwards Get President Cyborg Meat Puppet uh, Cadaver. Watch. Fetterman as a nominee at some point for president. Um, I know there's some variables, obviously. <laughs> but just a few. Just a few. <laughs> but I just, you know, it, it, what he did in the, in the super red, deep red parts of Pennsylvania and the way that he ran ahead of Biden, as you were saying, ran ahead of Trump. I mean, it just makes, it makes you wonder about his future. Ladies and gentlemen, Fetterman as president, that is what they are pushing right now. So we must get smart, we must get wise, or we must lose permanently. That is what we are fighting for on this show. We have our priorities straight on this show. God, family, country. We are free men and women. We will live that way and we will continue victories if we get smart as Republicans. My name is Benny Johnson and this is The Benny Show.